I Brain Map by Rita McInnes. Part 3 The Air Sequence or Flow. Chapter 15 Introducing the Airs Technique Applying the Eye Brain Map. Applying Airs Moving Through Activation to Integration. In this chapter, I explain the AIRS technique, which is a sequence used to assist the brain to move through activation towards integration, and based on the principles outlined in the iBrain map. In session, I typically write the AIRS sequence on the back of a copy of the iBrain map that I give to clients. The iBrain map and the AIRS technique belong together. Using mindfulness-based techniques without the map doesn't catalyse brain-body-mind integration as effectively as the combination of using the eye-brain map with airs. I developed the airs technique over many years by observing and tracking the spontaneous process of integration that occurs in the brain when there is no interference or disruption to the integration process. Identifying the essential principles for the AIRS technique has meant experimenting with what works, continually adjusting and adapting. While the AIRS technique was built primarily on direct observation of the experience of brain integration, I also read widely and have drawn on the work of Babette Rothschild, Bessel van der Kolk, Peter Levine, Pierre Janet, Dan Siegel, Bruce Perry, and more recently, Moshe Feldenkrais, Gregory Kramer, Francine Shapiro, Ron Kurtz, and Jean Gendlin, and many others. The principles outlined below also apply to interactive mindfulness, or I am. The following list contains the main principles I've identified in the process of integration and sustainable brain body mind change. Giving the brain-body-mind different feedback. An essential element in creating momentum through activation to integration is shifting orientation or responding differently, which gives the brain new feedback. The message that this activation loop is no longer a threat needs to be embedded in the feedback. Create a map to use when lost in activation. The eye brain map is just such a map. It needs to be a whole brain map based on experience, not just a theoretical map. Without a whole brain map, integration is less likely to be generalised and therefore each trauma remains a fragmented body memory map that must be worked with separately. Be aware of what is happening as it happens. The only time you can integrate an old body memory map is when it's opened and activated and brain change begins with awareness as it's happening. It includes awareness of subtle changes arising and passing away and other dimensions of the experience, that is, different orientations to the experience. Interrupt and reorient. Interrupting the existing pathway or activation cycle and then reorienting gives the brain-body-mind new feedback. Interruption has to occur before reorientation, otherwise integration is inhibited or limited. Orient towards something that's different from the usual orientation and experience of activation. 
A map is good, but it may be something else, such as orienting to here and now or a different experience. This changes the experience. Follow a sequential process that keeps you moving through the experience, not stuck in it. The main thing is not to get stuck during activation to integration. Having a sequence of steps to focus on allows the brain to keep moving and attending to the present rather than being fixated or frozen, but also allows the brain to keep the maps of experience open and engaged. The hippocampus is also indicated in recognising and sequencing events. Access sensory detail. Using the language of the lower brain is essential in integration. This means accessing direct sensory experience. In AIRS, direct sensory experience involves acknowledging the experience and then reorienting to sensory awareness of the environment, looking, listening, etc. When you're highly activated and alone, it's more effective to focus on the environment, orienting to here and now, because it's easy to get stuck and overwhelmed in intense internal states. But in the process of I am interactive mindfulness, Direct sensory experience is on body experience, tracking physiological changes in the body as they arise. How you orient to direct body experience will change through the journey of integration. Repeat, repeat, repeat. It needs to happen more than once. Persistently interrupting and reorienting keeps attention moving rather than fixated, giving the brain a different message than alarm. Airs, like any new skill, takes practice. Repetition is required to establish the new pathway. Approach with curiosity, not a fix-it or something's wrong attitude. Experimenting to see what you can discover gives the brain the message that everything's okay. Curiosity is an open mind and is at the heart of brain change because you can't be curious and anxious at the same time. And trying to fix it or change something in the brain is likely to set off an alert alarm response, as I've said before. Become curious of what's emerging and changing. Stopping activation isn't the goal. Downregulation of the distress of activation is important to move towards the eye zone, but it cannot be the focus because that perpetuates the activation cycle as you struggle to stop or avoid activation. Approach as you would a small frightened animal with kindness. Gentleness soothes the child brain and tells it everything's okay. Your attitude will influence the message you give the brain. The AND pathway. This is what I sometimes call being with, not in. For instance, I feel this discomfort in my chest remembering that dreadful event and I'm stroking my dog's ears and can see his brown head and smell his doggy smell. I'm experiencing the distressing memory and I'm also with another experience, one of dog. The airs technique is like a guide rail. 
Airs is like a guide rail you can hang on to when you're on a slippery slope of activation and find yourself in a spin or wobbly. It helps to have something to orient towards to draw yourself through the experience of activation. Airs is also like trainer wheels until you find your balance and develop your own way to cycle through activation and into integration. Each brain is unique and some things will work better for you than others. You need to experiment to find what works best and adapt it to your particular situation and capabilities. Airs, rather than being a thing or a set of steps to hold onto or perform, is more like a series or sequence of coordinates for a ship's captain, describing which way to direct the helm. And these coordinates change as you keep the brain orienting and reorienting in different ways through the process. Using an acronym is helpful for the brain to remember the sequence in AIR or AIRS. Some people complain that they forget what a particular letter stands for during activation. But even trying to remember what I or R stands for means the old neural loop has been interrupted. You're asking the brain a question. What does R stand for again? Asking a question is a way of orienting the brain and that interrupts and changes the pattern of activation. Activation to integration is circular. Like the Enso, the ancient Japanese symbol or the Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail, activation to integration is circular. The ENSO signifies that we are always at the beginning and also that activation is like a cycle, as is integration. We go past where we've been before, the same but different. The important point is that the activation cycle becomes the integration cycle. In the beginning, you hardly notice the subtle changes because it seems that you're just going around the same old circle. But slowly you begin to realise that you're seeing and experiencing differently and that there's more space in your reactions or you can orient to things in another way or you know that you'll come through it instead of being stuck in it forever. In short, you keep moving through the cycle instead of getting stuck in it and the cycle itself begins to change. Your brain needs airs when it's stuck in a neural loop or activation cycle. The most difficult thing to understand in this approach is that there's very little difference between activation and integration, except how you respond. Any response that gives the brain the message that there's still a threat associated with a particular trigger or reaction will perpetuate the cycle but a different response that allows you to move and track what's happening as it happens and lean in gently with curiosity to understand the small, soft animal of your body brain invites different feedback. Applying airs. Applying airs just once won't give the system sufficiently different feedback to create sustainable brain change. You need to do it again and again, like travelling back and forth along a pathway until it becomes a more defined track. This is how the brain works, back and forth, back and forth, through repetition, changing the action potential and increasing the probability that the new pattern will fire again. 
The more that neurons fire together, the stronger they wire together. When you've had a neural highway of fear, it takes quite a lot of practice to change or loosen the old neural pathway and create a new one. For a time, the brain will automatically bounce back into the older, more established pathway, especially if you're not mindful. It takes effort and practice to change it and create an alternative route. But if you get too stressed about it and tell yourself something like, oh my God, I have to change this, I can't stand it, your brain will read the situation as threat and will be more likely to create another activation cycle. So you need to approach it gently yet firmly, just like you'd hold a frightened animal or a small distressed child until they calm down and settle. What you're doing through this repetition is creating and strengthening an AND pathway, the old map and the new map, holding them both open at the same time, shifting attention back and forth between them so that the brain can create new connections. It's this movement, this shifting of orientation, intention and attention back and forth again and again that weaves a new pathway. Acknowledging and interrupting and reorienting and soothing with awareness builds a new pathway and an integrated brain map of the old experience interwoven with the new map, iBrain map, as it becomes your direct experience. You own the map and create your own integrated map. There is a kind of mindfulness While I call this a mindfulness-based technique, it's different to many mindfulness techniques in that I'm not suggesting that you sit observing the experience, but that you use structured ways to move through it. I don't recommend just being mindful of what's happening when you're activated. What I do recommend is a specific focus on external sensory detail during activation, which is embedded in the AIRS technique. Once the intensity of the activation has passed, you can tune into body awareness, but during high states of activation, you're likely to feel more overwhelmed and want to run. You're hardwired for that. If you sit and observe those internal states, especially if they're states of terror, it's likely to overwhelm the system and perpetuate the loop. Mindfulness is an important skill in integration because it teaches you to notice what your attention is doing and how to shift attention. With practice, you may be able to stay more present to internal states of distress as they happen, but most of us need to focus on the external environment during high levels of activation. This serves two purposes. First, it changes your orientation to here and now, looking, listening, touching and smelling with detailed sensory awareness, like the mother getting the child's attention when he's distressed. Mindful attention on the environment says, I'm here now, not back in the nightmare. You look around and see there's no current threat. Second, getting and reorienting your own attention interrupts the activation cycle gently and persistently reorienting to the current context. 
In later phases of integration, it becomes easier to stay present and mindful to the internal experience of the body as you develop confidence and skill in riding the wave of activation. This switches on and strengthens the parts of the brain that connect to internal body states. These parts of the brain are affected in trauma and the body can feel dangerous. So gently reconnecting repeatedly to parts of the brain through body awareness establishes new pathways in the brain. Mary, eating and mindfulness. Sometimes the eating takes me over. What about the mindfulness? I can eat mindfully when I'm deliberately being mindful, but other times something gets triggered, activated. I don't even think to do anything mindfully. It's like an auto switch. The eating's driven by something outside of my control. It sounds like it's driven by lower brain activation, but consciously you don't feel like you have any control. That's right. Even if I say to myself, that's enough. I don't even want that bit of cake. But it's like I have to, I have to have it, almost like I'm punishing myself. Sometimes I eat till it hurts. Not much anymore, but that's how it used to be. Then I'd purge. I think the purging is worse than anything. I felt disgusting, ashamed, ugly. But you don't purge anymore? No, I haven't for a long time. But you still get this drive to eat sometimes where it seems to take you over, like another part of you or something not a part of you outside yourself. Yeah, it seems alien, like it's not me, but it drives me. So you want to change your relationship with this part of you and the way to begin is to give it some airs as it's happening. That's hard because it's like I'm in it till it's over. Yes, I agree. Awareness as it happens is the hardest part of all this. Sometimes I can say I'm activated but nothing changes. Well, firstly, we're not, yeah, yeah, I know. We're not trying to change the activation, but we sort of are, aren't we? Well, we're trying to create the conditions that allow the brain to respond differently because we're giving it a different message. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's a bit hard to tell the difference sometimes. Yes, it's about what message we're giving the brain and it takes repetition but not with the intention to stop because that tells the brain there's some problem, right? Right. But back to your comment about awareness, I think there are different kinds of awareness of activation. Mm -hmm. Well, often when you think you're aware, it's more of a cognitive awareness, like the concept of activation rather than noticing the direct experience. So it's like split brain awareness. Your kid brain is still stuck in activation all alone while your big brain is saying, oh yeah, it's activation. It may be a subtle form of dissociation too. I can feel a bit fuzzy come to think of it. 
I'm saying I'm activated, but I can't really get my attention. It's like it's outside the room. So we might need to experiment with some more challenging add-ons with airs to make your brain work a bit harder to get your attention. Like a maths equation. Well, how's your maths? Not so hot. So that'd probably make you more dissociative, but also it's too big brain. We need something that challenges more of your brain, but not so much that it gets all your attention. Rather that it interrupts the existing loop, we might try some nursery rhymes. That sounds different. What's your favourite nursery rhyme? Mary had a little lamb, of course. Of course, but it mightn't be challenging enough. You might need something that requires more attention, like 10 green bottles. I can do 10 green bottles. Yeah, that might be good because it needs more attention to keep remembering where you're up to. So what do I do? You use it to interrupt the neural loop of activation. You still call it activation, give it a number between 0 and 10 and move through airs, but at the moment I don't think you're really interrupting the cycle, so we might need to use more specific techniques. Stuckness is a sure sign. The feeling of stuckness is a giveaway indicator that you're caught in an old pattern. So anytime you feel stuck, you could use the airs technique. The challenge is to flick on the light, but not get into a struggle or judge your emotional reactions during activation, which would be like beating up on the kid for having a nightmare. This process and technique I'm giving you is about reducing the stuckness, not eliminating emotions. This approach requires learning to accept and move through the moment-to-moment experience, not in a passive way, gritting your teeth when you feel uncomfortable, but seeing it as it is and moving through it, like surfing the wave. A metaphor for understanding stuck brain and unsticking. Neural loops are like frozen berries in the brain. When you take frozen berries out of the freezer, you can let them thaw slowly or you can add water. Water's like a tension. If you add water and let them sit in a strainer for a while, they'll stick to the strainer. This is like shifting your attention once and thinking that's all you need to do to thaw the old frozen pathway. That's what happens with distraction. Instead, you need to keep the attention moving, flowing, otherwise you'll keep sticking. Keep running water over the berries until they soften and thaw. Be persistent in shifting your attention. Warm water's even better, the warmth of kindness. The other reason you need to keep attention moving is that fixated attention is consistent with the freeze response of terror and can give the brain the alarm message. Repeatedly and gently shifting attention gives it a different message. Mary. This takes time to master. This takes some time, Mary. You're changing patterns that have probably been around for... How old are you? 56? Probably been around for about 50 plus years. We need to give your brain a chance to integrate all this new information. 
I guess it'll take a while, a long while. Sometimes it happens more quickly and effortlessly than you might imagine. The main effort is in developing awareness in the moment. As your mindfulness muscle strengthens, you'll be more awake and can see how these habits kick in. Start to notice the body cues when you're activated. Knowing when to lean into something and when to stand back and how to move between is a profoundly important skill in brain change. If you lean in too close when your attention is unstable, you can fall into the loop and find it hard to get yourself out. If, on the other hand, you always stand back, afraid of coming in too close, your brain is likely to read this as avoidance and interpret it as too scary, a current threat, and so perpetuate the activation cycle. The opposite is learning to move between, like an artisan who knows when to use strength or skill to impose something and when to listen and turn with the grain or the fibre of the material. This movement between craft and attunement is flow and is the essence of every work of art and also brain change, which is an art form. Applying airs. In the beginning, while you're learning the sequence to move through activation towards integration, it's best to go through each principle. Although it's not always apparent at first, each step has a purpose and is best included when you begin the practice. Some aspects of AIRS focus on setting intention rather than doing something. But remember, we're dealing with a very sophisticated system where your intention is as important as what you do. How you approach something will affect the message you send the brain. When you want to create brain change, it's helpful initially to repeat something rather than try a lot of different techniques. This way, the brain establishes a stronger new pathway. Once that's established, you can experiment with what works because the learning will be consolidated. You're building a new competing pathway of probability, and if you create a lot of smaller, different pathways, the brain is still likely to follow the established route. So repeating a new pathway until it's strengthened and familiar is important. Like learning anything new, it may feel awkward at first. Using the sequence as I've developed it helps to name and reconnect the emotions or direct body experience with the impulse to act and recognise current needs. This helps the brain link between felt experience and action or movement because these connections are typically disrupted during traumatic and overwhelming events. Therefore, in post-traumatic stress, emotions can lose their meaning and become only painful, meaningless experiences rather than information coming from the body that gives you the message or impulse to act. Ayers invites you to ask the question, what do I need right now, to help consolidate this recognition of emotions and body experience as information rather than meaningless, painful experiences? In the later phases of integration, you'll be able to adapt or simplify airs into something that works most efficiently for you. There are also many twists and turns that can seem like integration but are really dead ends that take you into a maze of distraction that frees the berries. 
They may be interesting or seem like an answer, but often they're just another form of avoid escape, control, or some other sneaky secondary activation.